Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Prep Life Podcast. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger. And today I'm joined by two special guests. Very excited. So one is my co-host on the newest version of our um, lifestyle podcast. So this is Prep Life. We have a balanced bodybuilding radio podcast. If you haven't listened to it before, it's more about how bodybuilding, you know, in the improvement season can look like a lifestyle fitness type of weight loss client or muscle building client. And so we try to talk about, you know, how to keep your bodybuilding balanced. And my co-host in that is coach Lee Marie. And I am also joined by coach Brittany Gable. So thanks ladies for coming on today. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So we're going to do a fun little take that I think is kind of cool. Um, overrated and underrated is what this is. So we're taking all of the controversial topics uh, and we're going to be giving either a thumbs up. So those of you that are watching on YouTube, you will see my green thumbs up <laughs> that I drew, or you will see the overrated um, with the red thumbs down. So we all kind of made our own little cards, uh, but we're going to be just giving like a brief reason, our main reason on all these topics, why we either think they're underrated or overrated. So ladies, are you ready to get started with that? Yes. <laughs> As Lee Marie does her thumbs up. I like it. <laughs> so the first topic is waist trainers. So let's go ahead and put our things up. Oh my gosh, we are on the same page. We all put overrated. And my main reason why I think they're overrated is for one thing, I think they do atrophy the core. So especially in the improvement season, you should not be wearing a waist trainer. I only wear them very close to show to bring in that last couple of inches. Or if I have very, um, if I have a client that has really strong obliques that need to be a little bit atrophied, then we'll do that. But I think at some point they do atrophy the core too much. So what are your thoughts, Brittany? Yes, I think they're a little bit too highly hyped up a little bit um, in some areas. So yes, it can be like helpful, but it's only like 1%. So like if it hurts you or causes problems or digestive issues, like it's overrated, you don't need it, but it can be helpful for some like you mentioned for the atrophy in the muscles. Yeah, I'm actually one of those competitors that uses it to atrophy my out of control oblique muscles from years of CrossFit and powerlifting. So I do see how they can be helpful. It also actually helps me become more aware of my posture. And that is helpful too. But um, coming from the side of lifestyle and working with a lot of weight loss clients, um, I think they see it as a buzzword and it's, it's not really going to give you a core. It's, it's more important to actually work on your core. A waist trainer is not going to make your waist smaller if you're not already doing the other things. Yeah. And that actually brings us to our next topic, which is core work. So ladies, ah, oh, we are all on the same page again. <laughs> so very underrated with core work, specifically in bodybuilding. I think that Core work with your TVA, so your transverse abdominis, your lower abdomen, the control that you need on stage, and the importance of ab vacuuming and incorporating that um, 
I mean, it's just like any other muscle. You need hypertrophy in your abdomen to be able to get a six pack. Yes. Most of like what our conditioning looks like comes from the kitchen, but we need a foundation to support our spine. And that is the, the foundation of all lifting. So anytime you pick up a weight, you are engaging your core. Um, if you think about your spine, you know, it's like a tent, you have to have all those, uh, stakes in place. So not just your abdomen, but also your rectus spinae's um, that run along your spine and your obliques need to be uh, strong enough to support your spine for good health. Yeah, so I completely agree with all of that. Um, kind of just like thinking of a tree almost because that's what they call like the back when you're really leaning a Christmas tree. But think of when like if you're trying to set up a brand new tree, like a baby one, you put those stakes up it to keep oh, it. Yeah up and that's like what you think of your core it's it's strengthening your back so you don't have back pain you don't have posture problems stuff like that and then another reason why it's underrated is um, especially for females it helps with pelvic floor things so like if you want to have kids later on it helps with labor it also back that after having a child um, and it just helps overall like we get older, like bladder stuff and, you know, all mm -hmm. that. So it's very underrated, but it's overrated in the sense of doing so many crunches a day is going to get you abs yeah. in the kitchen. So yes. I just yeah. had to throw that in there. <laughs> totally agree with that. I think it is overrated when we just think of it as the pretty muscle. But if you think mm -hmm. of it as just its core, it's central to everything else that we do, definitely underrated. Do your core work. Absolutely. Okay. Brittany, do you want to take the next one? Yeah. So the next one is flexible dieting. All right. Put them up. <laughs> okay. So my reason to flexible dieting being underrated um, this also is another one that it can go both ways, depending on how you look at it. Um, but it's underrated in a sense of lots of lifestyle and some competitors who can do it. Um, it can take away the feelings of restriction. It can help you stick to a diet better. It can make you feel like you're not dieting, all those kinds of things. Overrated it's not an, it fits your macros kind of thing. It's not fitting in a pizza every day or a donut every day. If you're wanting your results, you still have to eat whole foods. So that's my point on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think you can go both ways. I think, mm -hmm. um, definitely you can be a brat about your diet and then you can be upset because you're flexible dieting and not losing weight. So you still have to be disciplined, but I also think you can kind of give into the over restricting and go, you know, all the way over on the other end. And then that can lead to resentment because, Oh, I'm not allowed to eat that. I can't eat that ever. And then that can actually lead to binging. And then you, you kind of fall into that cycle. So I think flexible dieting, still remember, you have to be disciplined, you know, that 80, 20, it's only 20% that you, you know, can leave room for those fun things, but we do need that in our lives to continue long-term. Yeah. 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 I put up overrated and I didn't actually mean to pull up my green one. I, I meant to say that I, I am like a huge fan of flexible dieting for somebody that's been, um, on meal plans and flexible dieting. I am a huge advocate. 
uh, for the mental side of things and the relationship with food primarily. I do think it can be overrated in the fact that like you can't just wave your Pop-Tart flag and like eat a bunch of junk and then expect results like everything's calculated right so even when you're following like a meal plan or you're following flexible dieting it's about like consistency and so i think if you can have flexible dieting um you know it's it's going to mentally help you stay with it or at least it does for me personally so that was my bad i pulled up the rock <laughs> I was waiting to hear why (laughs) I know you're probably like, Oh my gosh, why does she think that? Um, (laughs) Yeah. The next topic we have is deloading. Okay. So. Hmm. (laughs) I'll stick to mine. I'll, I'll be good. I'm just going to say one thing about this. I think deloading is underrated but I also think a lot of people don't train hard enough to need it. That's a good comment. I think that's fair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's underrated in the sense that I think sometimes people really need that for their bodies, especially people that have cortisol and adrenal issues. So I think it's just really person dependent. Um, but I don't think people utilize it enough for those people that really need deloads. So. Yes, I, I agree with both of you. Now I'm going to show the other side because I couldn't decide and I picked up my overrated. So that's why I'm going to go with it's overrated in a sense, like Lee said, is a lot of people don't actually train how hard they should be. And they'll use the excuse of deloading and, and then a year down the road or, you know, after their improvement season, they're wondering why they haven't uh, gained as much muscle and made enough progress. And it's because like, Hey, look back, how many deloads did you do? Did you actually really need them? And like, just, just kind of, yeah, just kind of being in tune with yourself and like being really real and like, okay, is this reality? Is, is my body really under stress? But it can, it can be really good for people that like, I think all of us train really hard um, in the gym every day. So for us, deloads can be really helpful to kind of give us a little reset. Yeah. I think in our world too, with our space, the underrated can be, if you don't do it post-show, I really think everyone needs to do it post-show with mm-hmm. the stress that you put while you are overreaching you know, during a contest prep, I think it's super important to do it the week after a show. And so that's, that's something that I'm like, pretty, like, I always prescribe that for my clients after a show. Um, okay. So the next one is refeed. So let's go ahead and put up our cards. One, two, three. All right. I'm the only overrated one. I just think these are over a little bit overrated in terms of I think that you can accomplish um, the same type of stimulus for the metabolism if you're utilizing carb cycling. Um, whenever I think of like, I guess when I think of a refeed meal, I think of like somebody doing like a calculated kind of like just one meal. Whereas I feel like you can really manipulate um, by like several low days and high days and um, stimulate metabolism that way. So I don't think like just one meal really does the trick. I'm more of a like 
high day girl, I guess you would say is why I think they're overrated. <laughs> I I can agree with you that way. I think this is another one that it can go either way. Yeah, it's kind of like and, a gray area, right? And I also was like thinking about it when we're talking about deloading too. It's another thing that people can use as an excuse of just them being hungry and they want more food and it's actually not time for a refeed. But it can be underrated though, too, because a lot of people think that they just always have to eat, you know, less calories, all this stuff. And then, you know, it's kind of like a deload for our nutrition almost is it's kind of giving us a little bit of a mental break, a little bit of extra food for extra energy. So it can be really beneficial too, but it's person to person, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think on the lifestyle side of things, again, um, it's really more the mental thing. When I'm working with like clients that need weight loss, giving them a refeed meal every like once a week or even once every other week gives them something to look forward to. And then some some of my clients just have a weekly refeed um, and they choose how to use it and they use it for like a celebration or, you know, going out with friends. But then sometimes it's something like Mother's Day or a birthday and they'll message me. They'll be like, tell me what to do. I don't know. I'm going to this thing or my family's making this for me. And it's like, okay, let's do a refeed. And it gives them this mental, oh, I can still do this and continue on with my program. So then Mm -hmm. it helps them mentally with their lifestyle. Yeah. I think it's totally different animal when you're talking lifestyle clients for all of these um, different topics. So if we're thinking like more like bikini athletes. So on this next one, Brittany, why don't you take that one? So the next one is sleep. Yeah. Yeah. All on the same page. Underrated. Definitely. Every, all of our examples are probably going to be the same too. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Sleep is definitely underrated. It is not, I can sleep when I die or anything like that. Sleep's so important in so many different levels. But if yes, before speaking bikini terms, um, it helps. That's when we're recovering our muscles. That's when our muscles grow. Um, that's when our brain can have time to just kind of dump everything and then like replenish. Like that's where our energy comes from. Like we could have a whole like series of podcasts on sleep, but that's my little info. (laughs) Like it. I totally agree. I think sleep is one of the least glamorous aspects of fat loss and weight loss and and muscle gain, um, but one of the most important. And so we overlook it because it's not glamorous, like the hustle or training super hard and all that, but it, it is just as important as those. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like sleep is one of those things that when I can see it in a client's results. So over the years of coaching females, the ones that are shift workers, the ones that are getting six hours or less of sleep are always the ones that are not able to drop body fat. Um, I'm, I know that there's science behind it, but I'm just telling you anecdotally, like that is what I see. The ones that get seven to nine hours of sleep or more are constantly seeing great results as if, as long as they're being consistent with their program. So yeah, they're, the circadian rhythms have a lot to do with fat loss, especially and muscle growth, both. Okay. So Lee Marie, you're taking the next one. Okay. The next one is water intake over or under. 
Yay, <laughs> yeah. underrated, everybody. Well, I know you guys are, you guys are going to cover this great. So all I'm going to say is whenever I ask somebody, I said it was underrated. Whenever I ask someone how much water they drink, because that's one of the first things I ask a potential client, they always give me one of two answers. They always tell me either not enough or they say, oh, I drink water all the time. But no one can ever tell me exactly how much water they drink because they never track it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's obviously it's important for every function of your body <laughs> to have water. Mm-hmm. So between digestion, it requires so much water for digestion. So a lot of times when my clients are constipated, like it's because they're dehydrated or if they're not feeling as good, like recovery or energy, um, it's because they're dehydrated. So that's my take. Yes. And I said un- underrated as well. Um, our bodies are 80% water. So why would we not drink water? (laughs) It helps our hair, our skin, our nails, our brain, like literally everything in our body has to have water to function. We need water for our muscles to feel, to look nice and pretty too. So that's another bikini thing that we do not cut water for, um, show day because we need that water in our muscles. Yeah. And you can have kidney failure too. Yeah, Okay. So let's go with the next one, which is foam rolling cards up. I'm giving it an underrated and so is everybody else. All right. So I, I try to do this daily and I'll tell you that I haven't been great on it like the last week. And I've been having the worst back pain and hip pain because my hip flexors have been so tight. So it has a huge deal to do with um, growing muscle if you're wanting that and range of motion. So that's my take. Yes, I said underrated too. Um, I agree with everything you said. And then I'm just going to add on top of that is um, it can help with like muscle separation and stuff too as you're getting leaner. Mm -hmm. I said underrated as well. And I just wanted to highlight as well, the range of motion thing Um, that really helps me. I know if I've not been doing my stretching, my recovery and my foam rolling, I'm not going to be able to perform my lifts to the full range, which means I'm not Mm -hmm. going to be able to build muscle. So again, it's not as exciting to do the foam rolling and the stretching and stuff, but it is so beneficial. Yeah. All right, Brittany, take the next one. All right. So the next one is carb cycling. All right. We all said underrated again. (laughs) My thinking of it being underrated is like we kind of talked about a little bit ago was it, it can be so beneficial. Like Uh, for my clients and for myself, a lot of times I'll do like more carbs on training day because we utilize those carbs more. Um, And then rest days, we don't need as many carbs because we're not training. So it just really helps with that fat loss. And I don't know, I just see really good results with it. Yeah, I see good results mentally too. I think that I'm one of those people that I love to dig deep and grind. And so doing like a low carb day or a few days is like exciting, like I can dive in, especially if I know there's a high carb day coming, it just breaks up the diet a little bit and makes it kind of fun. Yeah. I'm team carb cycling. I'm on my high day today, 300 grams. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm feeling good. Uh, but yeah, I like it for my clients. I just, I feel like it is a good way to dig into fat loss and the toggle switch that you can use the most, like when it comes to muscle fullness and then also fat loss 
for a body to look good on stage is manipulating carbs. You don't really want to mess around too much with fats because those are going to play into um, affecting your hormones. If you, you know, cycle those or protein, obviously we need enough to build muscle uh, to sustain that. So the one that I feel like you can go up and down with and really um, dig into some good results is with the the carbs. So I'm team carb cycle. All right. Uh, Lee Marie, you've got the next one. Okay. So the next one is fat burners, overrated or underrated. The pull my red. My red down. <laughs> Big sucker there. Okay. So fat burners, uh, I feel like they are overrated. However, they can be useful. I don't believe they're entirely useless. I think it's really in the name. If you're buying a fat burner thinking you can take it and burn fat, that is not true. Um, there are some uses that you guys will probably talk about, but um, I'm just going to say they're overrated if you're buying it, taking it, thinking it's going to help you burn fat on its own. Yeah. I think people overuse them with, like you said, the magic pill syndrome, but also I think people overuse them from a standpoint where they blow out their adrenal glands, where they take them for too long. They don't allow their body's breaks where they cycle on and off of them. There's a time and a place for a fat burner in terms of like, you know, when you're close to a contest prep and you're really trying to have a little bit more energy in the gym, when you're on lower calories or higher cardio, I think that there's a time and place for those, but I also feel like there's something that needs to be, you know, utilized for like six weeks and then taken off and not overused. Yeah, I said overrated as well. Um, I think it's looked at and marketed and everything to try to trick people into thinking that it is a magic pill. Um, there's absolutely no magical pill. It's just diet and exercise. Um, and it can be helpful. Yes. And I am a culprit of using fat burners, um, for the wrong reasons in the past. And now I use them to help that last little bit to come off. And then it also, for me, it helps with my appetite suppressant big time because when mm -hmm. I get deep into prep and I'm low calorie and my metabolism revs up, I'm hungry all the time. And I tend to overeat if I don't have something to help me. So that's something that I think it's good for, but it's overall, I think they're overrated because you can still get to the same point without fat burners. It just may take you a little bit longer. Absolutely. All right. Ice baths. Sorry, I didn't say put up your cards, but <laughs> we all agreed it's overrated. So I think the most recent, this is a really like hyped up trend right now. You see a lot of people doing these plunges and everything, but the actual data on PubMed shows that it actually detracts from your hypertrophy growth. So if you're in the world of wanting to build muscle, um, yes, it does bring down inflammation, but it also restricts your amount of growth that you can have. And we're all about the gains, I would assume <laughs> on the prep life. So. <laughs> yeah. I said overrated too, for that, just that reason, I'm not going to be doing anything that can maybe make me lose any type of muscle that I've worked for years to get. Um, there's other ways to decrease inflammation and have the same benefits that supposedly the ice baths do for us. So 
I think it's more beneficial to go those other routes than to potentially lose muscle for no reason. (laughs) Yeah, I think they definitely have a place um, in the fitness industry. For example, if you're trying to be like a professional crossfitter or football player, or you're running Mm -hmm. marathon training, like I have friends that train for marathons and they swear by ice baths because they literally can't walk at the end of the day after hours and hours of training and it helps them recover faster. But yes, I think in our industry and for lifestyle clients, definitely overrated. Yep. Okay. Whose turn is it? I forget. Is it yours, Brittany? I think it's mine. Um, So the next one is spot reduction. Oh, put up your cards. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We all said overrated. I think it's overrated because it's just essentially just not true. You, You cannot scientifically ever spot reduce any part of your body. Um, it's just, if you want something to look better or leaner, just get leaner some time. Yeah. Time, patience. I heard this quote the other day. I forget who said it, but they said like the muscle that you want to spot reduce is probably your trouble area. And it's the area where the fat is going to come off last. So just be patient and just know that. Yeah. I always talk about the body as a bank account or it's not like you can, um, you can't just like pull from your checking and pull from your savings and like deposit in certain areas. Like it's just one account you know, and you're going to pull from different places. And most females are going to lose from the head down so that you'll start to see in their face. Then you'll see in their back. And some people, the last place is their core. And then some people, the last place is their glutes. Um, for most females, those are the two areas that are last. So yeah, just patience and keeping that deficit, keep making, uh, you know, withdraws and eventually that bank account will be at zero with your, with your fat. Okay. Uh, who's next? Lee Marie. Yeah. Okay. So next one is training to failure. Overrated, underrated. I think I, it depends on what kind of failure. Are we talking mechanical? Or are we talking technical? I think the phrase means mechanical. basically <laughs> means until you like literally like bail or need a spot. And I would say, I actually think it's helpful to reach that point every once in a while, just to know how much you can actually do. Because I think a lot of us are underestimating our, like our range of, um, or our, you know, like RPM or whatever, like how hard we can actually train. So I think it is helpful if you have a spotter to train to failure just to see, but I don't think it's necessary to do it every day for to see gains. I think as long as you're tracking your progress and practicing progressive overload, you're going to make gains and you don't have to go to failure every day at the gym. Yeah. I think mechanical failure versus technical failure. So mechanical failure, I could go really heavy on a lot of my lifts, but especially like with shoulders, I'm going to use 100% trap and 0% deltoid. Um, that's just the reality of it. And a lot of people will start lose, using their quads, like in certain exercises, they're supposed to be engaging like their hamstrings or their glutes. So I think if you go to failure, that's technical failure where you're actually still recruiting the muscle, but you just don't have very many left, um, in the tank, 
then that's a good thing. But yeah, the mechanical failure, I, I just wouldn't want like people to recruit the wrong muscles in that. So. Yes. And I said both because it can go either way. Um, when somebody's being smart about it um, and knows the correct form, knows when to, because to you, if your traps are coming in, into play at a certain rep range or on a certain weight, that means that's failure for you because your delts have been lost out because they can't do anymore. Your traps are helping. That happens a lot of times with abs, your hips will come into play when your abs get tired. But I do think training to failure is a good sense in having that mindset in the last two to three reps of the set that you're really like getting challenged and you're pushing yourself. So it doesn't have to be as serious as training to actually failure, but as long as you're using challenging weights and you are pushing yourself, you like, cause a lot of women, they don't know they're too strength or they're kind of afraid or have that fear to get bulky like a man or, um, you know, think that they're not that strong. But in my experience, just training in person clients, it's just amazing to show them how their strength act, act where it actually is um, and just showing them that they can train to failure in a safe way. Yeah. Okay. We've got one more, I think uh, we've got saunas. So put up your cards. <laughs> if you are watching, Lee Marie is on the fence with this one. I'm going to put underrated just because in, this is only in the concept where we're talking females. So I had a specific client that she would neglect the sauna for her CNS and like bringing her nervous system down and she wouldn't have her period. And the minute she would like put it back into her regiment, she would have her cycle. It was the strangest thing, but I do think that it really does a good job of bringing you out of fight or flight. So if you're a person this person was very active, like an instructor. Um, she put a lot of stress on her body all of the time. Constantly, she would be working out with her clients and things like that. So I think if you're using it for that and not other reasons, which people use just to like sweat out their fat or something, then that's definitely overrated <laughs> if you're doing it for that. But if you're doing it to like relax, just like a hot bath or you know, meditation or something, then it's completely underrated in my opinion. Yeah. I said overrated because I was thinking in that sense of mm -hmm. people think that like a gimmick. sitting in the sauna is the same as like doing cardio and it's not, no. <laughs> at all. um, but I, I, I miss the sun. I don't have a sun anymore. And I used to get in it every day, even like right before my workout, just a little bit, just to warm me up, especially in the winter. Um, so it can be really beneficial, but it's not gonna, yeah. it's not gonna like give you like results in the physique way. Right. Yeah. I think, I think I'm on that train where if people are using it to like replace cardio, um, what I've experienced is I actually worked with and did some strength competition so like powerlifting that kind of stuff where you actually have to make weight or people do it for fights wrestling that kind of stuff and mm -hmm. they use the sauna specifically to lose water weight 
Yeah. And we already talked about that. We don't want to dehydrate ourselves. So I, I mean, yeah, if you're using it for recovery, I think recovery is totally underrated and we neglect it and we should do more of it, but just make sure you're replenishing your water and not using it specifically because you can hop on the scale the next day and be lighter uh, when really you're just dehydrated. Yeah. The only time that I've used it in the bodybuilding world for myself was I had kind of like a rough flight where I was holding a lot of water and I had a show the next day. So that night, um, I did sit in the sauna for a little bit just to pull some of the flight, like inflammation off my body. Um, but I mean, you can do the same thing. Like I've had people take Epsom salt baths to, to do the same thing, just to kind of pull that. Cause you get like a little bit of a watery look in your legs sometimes because you've been sitting on a plane and your, your body like hasn't been, you know, your blood hasn't been circulating properly or the altitude maybe is making you retain. Those would be the only times that was much uh, longer answer. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> Lots of, um, it depends, right? I think we could probably make an argument either way for all of these, because like the unicorn prep, there's no one size fits all. As you can see, some of these examples, there's a million ways that we could say that this is wrong use of it, but it just depends on the circumstance and the individual. And I think at the end of the day, that's what's important. And um, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about our challenge while I have you ladies on. So we, um, I'm super grateful because you guys are the brainchilds of this whole challenge and all the checklist of the Glam and Grit Challenge. I don't know if you've seen on our social media what we're doing here starting in June. So June 1st to August 30th, we're trying to get as many people as possible to join us for this 90-day challenge. It's going to be an amazing challenge where we have a huge group of women that are like-minded that are going to be reaching their goals. So it's not just a physical transformation, but it's also a mental transformation as well because we have things like read 10 pages of a nonfiction book. Um, let's pop off some other ones. Uh, Brittany and Lee Marie, give us a couple more. Yeah. Um, uh, usually two workouts, but one workout, 45 minutes anywhere inside. It can be yoga. It can be working out. Um, and then a 30 minute outdoor activity. So walking could be an easy one, getting your steps in or having fun and going on a bike ride or on a hike or something like that. Even gardening. Yeah. I had somebody do that yeah. this weekend. Yeah. yeah. Playing with your kids. That's yeah. A gallon of water every day. So you will be keeping track of your water and getting really hydrated. And then you have macros. So you'll be tracking your food and you need to hit those macros. So it's really going to teach you discipline and teach you how to plan ahead, how to navigate summer events, barbecues, things like that, um, and still hit your macros. Yeah. And the accountability piece, you'll be checking in with your coach. They'll be giving you a detailed plan that fits you, your goals, your body type in terms of like weight workouts, cardio, nutrition steps, all of that. But then you'll also be checking in with them every week. They'll be giving you a detailed video with feedback and support. And, um, then every day, and those of you that are you know, anxious about posting pictures of yourself on social media, or if you don't do social media, we are doing like a private group where we're just trying to either tag like glam girl on our stories. Maybe it's just like a gym selfie. Maybe you're just taking a picture of the weights, like proving that you're there, or maybe you did cardio in the gym that day. So you're taking a picture of your feet, doing the tread, like walking on the treadmill. It doesn't have to be a 
body picture of yourself every day. And it doesn't have to be on social media, but we do want to have everybody kind of show, um, you know, it's an honor systems, but we want to kind of like bring everybody together. And um, I know we've already kind of all three started some of these habits, um, getting them warmed up. So I know Lee Marie and I have been tagging each other on the triple zero club with our macros. So one of the um, rules of this challenge is that you have to hit like your protein and your carbs between plus or minus three to five, and then your fats plus or minus three. And so we've been trying to challenge each other to do triple zero. I didn't quite make it today. <laughs> it's hard some days. I'll literally be like pinpointing, like I'm going to do point this more so I can get that zero. <laughs> yeah. I had like a plus three on my fats and the other two were zeros. I was like, dang it. But anyway, so um, we're going to have amazing prizes. Uh, we're going to be doing some big time gift cards um, with some really fun companies that even if you don't compete, um, even if you're just into health and fitness, you're going to absolutely love these prizes. So pretty stoked about that. We will put in the description box and we will link below at the um, in the comments on YouTube and then in the show notes for the podcast, how to sign up for the Glam and Grit Challenge. You have until next week. I believe the May 30th is the cutoff day. So next, exactly a week from today, you'll need to sign up. And then we will start that challenge on Thursday, June 1st. And you can find us on Instagram at Prep Life Podcast or at Glam Girl Bikini. Please be sure to you know subscribe to the podcast or the YouTube channel. Let us know what you're thinking about any sort of future underrated, overrated uh, episodes that we can have. So, you know, feel free to put in the comment box, like some questions or some topics that you would want us to cover for the next time. And with that, this is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini signing off, Amy Anger. Thanks for listening, guys.